What an awesome uh, opportunity this morning that I have. I've got a word that I believe that the Lord wants to, to share through me this morning, and uh, He's dealt with me since Thursday on this, and, and I've wrestled uh, many nights about it. And, uh, but in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse number 30 through 33, and if you would, let's stand for the reading of the word. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm going to need some amens this morning, okay? Can I get an amen? Now, come on now, that, that's, that's good for the Baptist church right now, and I thank God for But I said, this is Pentecostal church now, let's say amen. amen. Thank you, Jesus. I'll never get through this today. Say, preach on. Say, preach, white boy. Ah, now, come on, that's what I'm talking about right there. In 1 Kings chapter 18, verse number 30, it says, And Elisha said unto all the people, Come near to me. And all the people come near to him, and they repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and then made a trench about the altar as great as it would contain two measures of seed. And this morning, if the Lord would, if you allow me and the Lord would help me this morning, I want to preach on a thought this morning, rebuilding the altars. If I never believe in a time that we're living in today, I believe that we need the altars to be rebuilt today. I believe that we need the fire of God more now than ever in the church, more than we've ever needed before. I believe that you can just take a look around just as fast as the unlocked wheels of time will allow it. Listen, this thing is winding up, and we need the fire of God more now than ever in the church. Can I get an amen? Amen. Get me started right now. we got to still pray, so let me get you sitting down. Dear God, our most gracious Heavenly Father, I praise you this morning, Lord. God, I thank you for this opportunity, Lord. God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would take me, Lord, that you would hide me behind your cross, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just be God, Lord. God, I ask you this morning, Lord, that you would just let us rebuild the broken things in our lives, Lord. God, that you would just take us, Lord. God, take us to a new level, Lord. Do new things in this place, Lord. God, we thank you right now for our pastor. We ask you that you would give him rest and his wife, Lord. God, that you would just be God upon them. But God, I pray right now, Lord, that we need you to rebuild the broken things in our lives this morning. God, I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. If you would, you can be seated this morning. Thank you, Nicholas. As I, was, uh, as I was thinking about this message, I started thinking about what is an altar this morning. An altar is a, it's a place of prayer. It's a place that we get alone and, and we worship with God. An altar is not just when we all come together and we have corporate worship, but an altar is something that we prepare in our secret place that we can get alone with God. An altar is something that, that we can get alone and, and that we can give God our, our prayer life, our worship life. You see, it's a place where you get to be spiritual, go into a spiritual world just a little bit. It's a place where it's just you and God. It's a place where the supernatural sacrifice that we place on it and that we make covenants with God. It's a place that, you know what, we say, God, I just want you to mess me up in this place. You see, there's always power that comes from an altar. You see, it doesn't matter if it's a godly altar, if it's a personal altar, if it's, a, if it's the enemy's altar, but there's power that comes from the altar that we sacrifice on. 
You see, if we're not sacrificing on, on God's altar, then we're sacrificing on something somebody else's altar. And you know what? It's going to be, it's going to make somebody and it's going to influence people's life. You see, every altar operates with the power that controls and it controls other people that are surrounded by that altar. You see, your altar will help surround and it'll help dictate things in people's lives. You see, the most uh, introverted person in the world will influence over 10,000 people in their lifetime. It doesn't matter how shy you are because it's the power that comes from the altar that you sacrifice on. You see, there's people that build and they sacrifice on all kinds of altars. We have an alcohol and a bars type altar. We have a prostitution altars. We have a drug problem. We have a drug altar. We have divorce altars. We have sickness altars. There's all kinds of altars that we sacrifice on today. You see, and just as, just as God has, uh, you know what, an altar, so does the enemy this morning. You see, and if we were to, if I were to ask you this morning, what altar are you sacrificing on? What altar are you praying on this morning? I know that it's so easy to come in and whenever everybody's getting all excited, it's easy to say, you know what, I'm on the Lord's side, but I'm going to tell you something. What about when it's Monday evening and all hell's breaking loose in your life? What altar are you sacrificing on? What are you watching on your TV? What are you listening to in your music in your car? I'm going to tell you, what altar are you sacrificing on this morning? You see, it's important that we sacrifice on the altar of God because we need the fire of God in our lives. You see, the altar of God is where, where you prepare a place. It's where you and God can just get alone. It's whenever, you know what, it's, it's just saying, you know what, God, I want to get down to business with you. When was the last time that you got alone with God? You see, it's just not about whenever we come in here on Sundays and Wednesdays. And, and I'm going to tell you something. I'm very excited about Wednesday night because I can't wait to preach to a bunch of teenagers. I can't wait to be able to pour my heart back into them, Nicholas. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. But I'm going to tell you something. What are we, what kind of altar? When was the last time that you said, you know what, God? I'm going to just consecrate this time because I need to get along with you because I need a touch from you this morning. You see, we'll, we'll get on, we'll get on uh, Facebook, we'll get on everything else because we just need a touch. We want some uh, affirmation. We want somebody to speak into our lives when God is saying, you know what, I've got 66 books right here that I want to tell you who you are. And I want to tell you how awesome you are. And I want to tell you how important you are. And I want to tell you that it's important that the fire of God be in our lives more now than ever because we need to build an altar for praise. And I believe that it's very important because I believe that it's time that we learn how to get along with God. I believe that it's time that we build an altar that is consecrated for God. You see, building of the altar, you know what? It's nobody else's responsibility, Keaton, but our responsibility. You see, it's my responsibility to build my altar. It's your responsibility to build your altar. But when we come together, listen, we know that God's got an altar. But I'm going to tell you something. What are we sacrificing on our altars today? You see, we've got things in our hearts. There's things that get in front of the, get in place of God. There's preachers that could, you, I, I, I've been before, I've been guilty of saying, you know what, I'm going to put my ministry before God. And that's the wrong kind of altar to sacrifice on this morning. Right. Right. What kind of altar are you sacrificing on this morning? What kind of altar are you building this morning? You see, the problem is that there's too many Christians that are stuck between two altars. We don't know which altar to sacrifice on. You see, the world says that we sacrifice on this. The world says that we do this and we go through this. And God says that, well, I want you here. 
But you see, we're caught in the middle of two altars. Too many people are offering up a fireless sacrifice on our altars. You see, a fireless altar offers options but provides no sanctification. You see, in second, in 1 Kings 18, he went on to say in verse 20, So Ahab called all the Israelites and the prophets to Mount Carmel, and Elijah approached the people, and he said, How long will you not decide between two choices? You see, we're living in a generation right now. Listen, we, we think it's like Burger King. You know what? If, it, if it's, uh, I can have it my way. We, we want a microwave type of religion. As long as it makes me feel good, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do it. Then I'm going to come to church and I'm going to act like everything's okay. But I'm going to tell you something. That's not the way that God works. If you want the fire of God to fall in your life, you've got to live right. You've got to live holy. There's a place and there's a time because there's an altar that we've got to learn to sacrifice on. Somebody help me this morning. Hey man, there's so many things that he went on to say. We, we got to choose between the two. But the Lord is the God. If the Lord is the true God, follow him. But if Baal is the true God, follow him. But the people said nothing. The people said nothing because you know what? Baal worship will give you alternatives. And you see, we live in a day and a time where that's what we're looking for. We want options with our Christianity. We want to say, you know what, this is the way that I, I'm going to take this part of the Bible out. And I'm going, to, I'm going to take this part because, you know what, that's the way that I think I, I should live my life. When God says, you know what, it's, he's called us to live holy. And I'm going to tell you something, that's not something that's popular and it's not something that's preached much in the spirit-filled church anymore. But I'm going to tell you something, God has called the church to a standard of holiness. He's called us to a standard of right living. Listen, you can't just live anyway, but we got to live God's way. It's called right living. It's called holiness. It, it's not about the length of your sleeves or how long your hair is or how much makeup or how much you don't have on. But it's about living right. You see, another thing that, that it, it puts you in a pickle on is it give them access with all kinds of dignities. You see, I've never seen a day and a time, listen, if they do it in Hollywood, it won't be long. They'll be trying to do it inside the church house. Listen, I, I've said this for many years. Listen, if Hollywood ever run out of actors or actresses, they don't have to go far. All they have to do is go to the church and they can find plenty of them. Amen? Uh, you know that's true this morning. You see, it gave them legal rights to enjoy the luxury of sin. That's what Baal worship. That's whenever we, we worship on an altar that's not of God. You see, we'll, we'll make reasons why our sin is okay. We'll start justifying them just a little bit. We'll say, you know what, I, I, I'm not addicted. I've got a problem. You know what, I, I've got an issue with alcohol. I, I've got all, you see, we want to make all kinds of reasons of why we're doing what we're doing. But still, it's sin. You see, they had no accountability. Whenever you worship on a bell-type altar, you have no accountability. They're, you know what? If I, if I want to go, I'll go. If I don't want to do this, I won't do this. We're living in a day and a time where we see a generation that's coming up that has no accountability. We need to get some accountability, not only back in the church, but we need to get it back in our personal life because we need an altar that we can get a hold of God at. Listen, we don't need a, I don't, I don't need somebody else to get a hold of it because I need a place that I can get alone and get a hold of Him. I'm talking about a fireless altar right now. There's too many that's worshiping at a fireless altar. You see, it offers choices, but it makes the people confused that are in the middle. You see, there was a kid that went into a candy store with his dad 
And he was amazed. Has anybody ever been in a candy store that's just nothing but candy? Listen, this fat boy right here likes candy stores. Don't worry about my weather. But you know what? Uh, the, the thing about it is, is when I go in there, I'm, I'm amazed. I, I'm sitting there going on vacation. I'm going, yeah. And I can imagine this little boy, he, he was tore up, Janelle. He's he seen all these different types of candies and, and, that, and it had to offer. And, you know, he, he couldn't choose. He couldn't, he couldn't do anything. His father said, come on, you know, we don't have all day. Has anybody have a parent like that before? Uh, Listen, that's what my mama would say. They'd be three or four choices. And she'd be like, you know, you better hurry up, you know. And, and uh, But, you know, that's what this father said. And he said, this is my favorite, Dad. No, this is my favorite. And he couldn't decide on what he wanted to do. He was picking up bags of candy, and, and he started putting them back down. And he said, you know, I, I just can't make up my mind. And, and the dad said, quick, son, we need to, you need to hurry up because we got to go. And frantically, the boy started looking around. And how many knows when you start looking real frantically, everything starts looking good. It starts looking blurry. You're just kind of going crazy. And I say he had all kinds of stuff. And then eventually his dad kind of made a decision for himself. And uh, listen, if my mom's here in the next service, she probably won't admit to this, but I'm going to tell you, she just jerked you up by your arm and said, let's go. <laughs> listen, if you're my age, you, you had a mama probably like that. But she just, and, and, and I say, he just took him out and he left the store empty-handed. He had everything at his fingertips. He could have got anything that he wanted, but he couldn't make a decision. So he got to leave and he left empty-handed. All because he couldn't make just one choice. You see, sometimes that's just like, we're just like that little boy that's in the candy store. You see, we, we just look around. We have all these decisions that we got to make. You see, we're trying to worry about our career. We're trying to worry about what kind of school that we're going to get into. We're worrying about all these relationships. We're worried about all these investments that we got going on. We're trying to worry about all this church stuff. But whenever, all of a sudden, when the end comes to the end, listen, we leave and we're empty here. And I think it's sad today that whenever we can come into a spirit-filled house and we leave the same way that we walked in, broken and hurting. Whenever God's got a prayer, God's got an answer for our, our hurting, our brokenness, He's got something in store for us. But yet, because we don't have an altar that we truly know how to worship at, we leave the same way that we come in, broke, busted, and disgusted sometimes. We're so hurt because we can't. Worship at the right altar. You see, are we still sacrificing on a fireless altar this morning? If we can't make a decision to fully surrender our lives to God, yes, we're still worshiping at a fireless altar this morning. If we allow the world to hinder our commitment to follow and obey Christ, we're still worshiping at a fireless altar. I'm talking about a fireless altar this morning. I'm talking about an altar that's been broken down, that God has consecrated for us to be able to worship on this morning. You see, it enjoys everybody's opinion, but it has no truth. Whenever you worship at an altar of Baal. Whenever you put your own worship in front of God, it offers your opinion, but it has no truth in it. You see, it gives you false hope this morning. And you see, I, I truly believe that, that everyone has an opinion. But you know what? We, we want to ask everybody's opinion except for God's opinion. Isn't that amazing sometimes? It, it never ceases to amaze me that whenever we're going through an issue, we want to go ask somebody that's been through it, that had a bad 
result in it, expecting a good result to come out of it. Instead of just saying, God, what do you want to do with me this morning? You see, Elijah said, he said this, he said, I am the only prophet of the Lord that's here. But there is 450 prophets of Baal. You see, sometimes what we see in, in our today's society, we see a lot of, we see same-sex marriage. We see homosexuality. We see abortion. We see all this stuff that's becoming more and more popular and it's becoming more and more accepted today. And not only is it becoming uh, accepted in, 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 our, uh, in the, uh, the world today, but it's also becoming accepted in our churches today. You see, as a people of believing the Word of God, what is our stand this morning? What are you standing for this morning? Are you willing to stand when 400 prophets of Baal is standing against you? Are you willing to stand up and say, you know what? I believe in God. I believe that God is the way, the truth, and the life. I believe that God is going to do what He said He was going to do, and God is going to show up, and He's going to prove Himself to be God this morning. Hey man, that's the kind of good people that I believe that the Lord's looking for. Whenever you worship on a fireless altar, you become one of the prophets of Baal. Right, right. You see, I'm talking about a fireless altar right now. You see, just like Elijah, I believe that we're willing to, I believe there's some people that's still willing to take a stand. I believe that there's some people that's willing to stand up against the majority and say, you know what, I'm a Christian this morning. I'm, I'm not going to falter for anybody. Listen, because I'm going to sacrifice on God's altar this morning. Yes. You see, I truly believe that there's some people that's going to make a stand. Are we still sacrificing on a fireless altar this morning? If we compromise our standard and go along with the world standard, then we're sacrificing on a fireless altar this morning. I don't care how much you jump around. I don't care how much you speak in tongues. I don't care how spiritual you act like you are. I'm going to tell you something. If you are letting the world compromise your standard this morning, listen, you don't have no fire of God in your life. Now I'm telling you, I believe that this more now than ever, I believe God is calling us to make a stand. If we bow down to the pressures and we abandon our faith, that is the foundation for all of our decisions. Listen, if that's what we're doing this morning, we are worshiping at a fireless altar this morning. If, you're, if the fear of people make you silent and, and silence your voice from doing God's will, then we're worshiping at a fireless altar this morning. So many times we have so many people that are so that, that are on fire for God, but yet whenever they get around four or five peers at work, it seems like they just filter in and they just go along with everybody else's opinion. My thing is, too many people have a fireless broken down altar in our lives right now. The third thing right here that I want to talk about is it, it looks the look, but it's not the real thing. You see, it looks like the authentic, but it's really a counterfeit. Now, I don't know about you, uh, but I, I've seen whenever we go places like a on vacation and stuff like that. Anybody ever been like into them coach places and stuff like that? Yeah, you women that act like you ain't never been in there. Well, Christian, I have to go in there too sometimes. Not that I want to, but it's just I have to. And, and the thing about it is, is I, I, I see that the prices of them things, but yet you can go somewhere and you can get a knockoff. It looks like the same thing, but it's not the same thing. You see, and that's a whole lot of what's going on in our churches today is it has an appearance of Christianity, 
but it's just a knockoff type of religion. You see, in verse 23, it says, Bring two bulls, and let the prophets of Baal choose one of the bulls and kill it and cut it into pieces. Then let them put the meat on the wood, and they are not able to set fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and put the meat on the wood and not set fire to it. You prophets of Baal, pray to your God, and I will pray to the Lord, the God who answers by fire. His wood is the true God this morning. You see, the altar of Baal is almost identical looking to God's altar. You see, any time that you've got a real move of God, you're going to have a counterfeit move of God too. Amen? And I believe that that's just what the prophet of Baal, I believe it looked just like it. They had an altar that looked just like God's altar. They had a sacrifice that looked just like our sacrifice. They, had, they could pray just like we could pray. They had awesome praise and worship just like we did. And I believe that they had some people that was dancing just as well as we have people that dance sometimes. They had prophets just like we had prophets. But you know what? It felt just like church should feel. But there was one thing that it was lacking. It was lacking the presence of God. Amen. It was lacking the fire. And I believe that that we need the fire. You see, there was a story that I I read across, and and I kind of just wanted to share it this morning, that there was a zoo that, that was noted for all kinds of collections of different animals. And one day, one of the biggest animals in there, the gorilla, died. And uh, to keep up, the zookeeper, to keep up with the appearance of a full range of animals, the zookeeper had a man, and he hired a man to wear a gorilla suit and, uh, and to fill in for the dead animal. And it was on his first day on the job that the man didn't know how to act like a gorilla. He didn't know how to do all that stuff. So he, he started just getting all kind of frantic like a gorilla, like he thought it would. And he got too close to the enclosure, and he fell over into the lion's pit. He started freaking out just like anybody else would. I believe he started yelling. He thought his life was over. And then he heard the lion say, shut up, man. You're going to get us both fired. (laughs) And you see, the the thing is, just like that gorilla right there, you see, we have too many fake Christians that are in the church today. We have an appearance of Christianity, but really and truly, we have no form of it. You see, whenever we, we, we start coming up, you see, it's easy to, to put on it. And I remember whenever I was younger, and I've said this before, one of my favorite shows when I was a kid, it was called Putting on the Hits. You could get up and you could lip sing to certain songs and stuff like that, and then they would judge you. And you see, that's a whole lot of the way the church is today. We're just putting on a show sometimes. We're still offering sacrifices on a fireless altar this morning. You see, there's too many Christians who pray every day, but don't believe that God will answer the prayer that they pray. So many times we we, we come to church and and, and we pray and we say, God, we need a move from you, but we don't believe that God can move in our situation. We believe that God can move in everybody else's situation, but he can't move in our situation. I want to tell you something. If he did it way back then, he can still do it today. Hey, man, if he's still healing back then, he can still heal today. He saved back then, he's still saving today. Hey, man, believe that God will do exactly what he said he would do. And you see, I, I read across a, a little true story that I read. There was a, a, a guy that built a bar across the street from a, a church. And, and what had happened is the church got all upset, just like they, I figured they would. And, and they started having all these petitions, and they, they had all kinds of uh, prayer groups and stuff like that that started taking place. And the man started, he kept on building the bar and all this stuff. 
And about three days before the bar was complete, lightning struck the bar and burned it to the ground. So the church was excited until they got a lawsuit that was slapped on them for $2 million. The court docket ended up reading that the pastor said, listen, it wasn't the prayers of our church that, that done this. It was nothing like that that happened. It was just a freak type of accident. They even cited a Harvard study that was done that said intercessory prayer doesn't have any effect on things. And you see, they, they went on and, and they started talking about it just a little bit. And, and the judge come in and he read the docket and all this stuff. And he said, I've got a tough decision to make right now. He said, I've got a man that believe, that, that's building a bar that believes in the power of prayer. And he said, I have a church and a congregation that doesn't believe in prayer. You see, what altar are we sacrificing at this morning? You see, if we don't really have a true experience with God, we'll fall when everything breaks loose in our lives. We need a genuine move of the Holy Ghost in our lives. We need a touch from God this morning in our lives. You see, if we don't have, if we don't have the fire of God in our hearts and that keep burning, listen, we, we need the fire more now than ever. We need to rebuild God's altar this morning. You see, a broken down fireless altar, it demands gruesome sacrifices this morning. You see, in verse 28, it said, the prophets prayed louder. They started cutting themselves. They started with their swords and with spears until blood flowed. And after, in the afternoon passed, that the prophets continued to act like this until the evening sacrifice, but no voice was heard. Bell did not answer. You see, today we're still sacrificing on a senseless altar, a sacrifice. You see, I'm going to tell you something. Whenever we have four or five out of every ten teenagers that will cut themselves, listen, what are you sacrificing, parents? Listen, I'm going to tell you something. This isn't a day and a time that we sacrifice at an altar of bell. We need an altar of prayer more now than ever because I'm going to tell you something. This generation is going through some things. Amen. I'm going to tell you whenever nine out of ten teenagers have looked at pornography online, parents, what kind of altar are you worshiping at this morning? What, what are you teaching them this morning? What are you getting? Are, are they seeing you get into the presence of God? Are they seeing the power of God fall at home as well as in the church? You see, whenever the teenage is still, uh, uh, the number two leading cause of suicide is the number two leading cause of death in teenagers today. Listen, I'm telling you, what are you sacrificing at this morning? What kind of altar are we building this morning? You see, people are trading in their physical health and their lives just to fit in to different types of gangs and sororities and, and frats and all this stuff. While we come in and we sacrifice at a fireless altar. You see, whenever you start to, to turn on the news, you start to see things, that, and you start to see people because they're sacrificing at fireless altars. They're, they're fighting selfless wars. They're fighting uh, a drug war. They're, they're fighting wrong type of gods. They're fighting terrorism. You see, a fireless altar of Baal doesn't care who it hurts. You see, that's what it wants to do. It wants to hurt you. You see, we need the fire of God in the altar of God more now than ever. You see, 400 and... Uh, 50 prophets of Baal, they had their turns. They cried out. They cut themselves. They danced. They done somersaults. They probably barked like dogs and all kinds of other different things. They hollered real loud, but nothing come of it. You see, I, without the right kind of altar, it doesn't matter how, how high you jump or how loud you yell. 
listen, he's not going to heal at this meeting. You see, and it was when it was Elijah's turn that he proved that Jehovah God was still and is now still alive. You see, he said in verse 24, he said, The God that answers by fire, let him be God. That is what the church needs more now than ever, is we need the true fire of God back in our altars more now than ever. You see, we've tried it in many different ways. We've tried to peel it up. We've tried alcohol. We've tried all kinds of therapists. We've tried psychiatrists. You see, I, I don't care. We, we need that stuff. But you know what? I know that you can pastor can preach until he's blue in the face, but I'm going to tell you, nothing's going to happen until we get the fire of God back in our hands. We need a genuine fire this morning. You see, I, I'm not talking about just speaking in tongues or jumping up and down, but I'm talking about a true relationship with Jesus this morning. I'm talking about a genuine relationship. You see, I believe that God is doing some awesome things right here at Freedom Point. Just take a look around. Just take a look around of, of, of what kind of facility that we have right now. God is doing some great things. And you know what, but I, I truly believe that it's just starting. I believe that we're just starting to see a little bit. I believe that, that he's encouraging us to do greater things. And Elijah said to the people, he said, come near to me. And I believe that that's what the Lord's saying right now. I want to be, Jason, I want to be so close to him that he can whisper to me and say, come closer and I can get closer to you. I want to be right where he wants me to be. I believe that, that that's what the Lord is wanting to say to us right now is come closer. Come draw nigh to me right now because I want to do some great things. And in verse 30, he said the first thing Elijah did was he rebuilt the altars of the Lord that was broken down. You see, true altars, I believe that a true altar and a true relationship, I believe that altar starts in the heart of God's people this morning. Listen, I, I, I believe that your altar and my altar is in my heart this morning. And I believe whatever we're sacrificing at, that's what's going to portray out of us this morning. This was the commandment that he made to the priest in Leviticus chapter 6, verse number 12. He said, the fire should be ever burning upon the altars and it should never go out. You see, and I believe that this is still true today, not only in the church, but I believe it's still true in our life because we are the church. That the altar should never the fire should never go out of the altar. And it's, you know what, I believe that it's our responsibility to keep the fire burning this morning. You see, Elijah went back and he said, you know what, it's required that I build an altar. And listen, so many times it's not building a new altar. Sometimes it's going back and it's rebuilding the old altar that's in our life. You see, the same altar that saved me is the same altar that I'm worshiping at this morning. It's been broken down before. I've had to go back and I've had to rebuild it, Phyllis. I've had to rebuild it many times in my life because I started sacrificing on the wrong altar. But you know what? It's okay if I have to rebuild that altar again because I need a move of God in my life. You see, what kind of altar are you? What, what's broken down your altar this morning? You see, have you had a broken heart by church hurt? Have you had some just hard hurt that's, that's going on in your heart? Have you had an unforgiving heart? Have you had a critical heart? Have you had an unbelieving heart? If you want the fire of God to fall more now than ever in your life, you have to rebuild the altar that's in your heart first. So many times we, we think that the devil is our greatest enemy. When D.L. Moody said this, he said, if I kick the person in the tail that's causing me the most problems, he said, I can never sit down. Because you are your own worst enemy this morning. In 1 Samuel chapter 6, verse number 7, it says, Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart this morning. Psalms 139, verse 25 says, My son, give me 
thy heart. Your heart is the altar this morning. You know what you need this morning? To repair that altar. You know the idol that's standing in front of you that's keeping your altar from offering a sacrifice of fire. And Ezekiel chapter 36 says, a new heart I will give you. And in verse number 33, and we're getting ready to close, Nicholas, you can come to the music. He dug a trench around the altar and then he put water in it, but he said this, he put the wood in order. You see, it's important that we get our wood ready so whenever the fire falls that we catch on fire. And he said this, he cut up the bullock and after he repaired it, he repaired, after he repaired the altar, why did he repair the altar? Because he knew God was going to move. He had to separate himself. Why did he dig a trench around the altar? Because I'm going to tell you something. You may have to do what I had to do when I got saved. Listen, I, I know that Darla, she'll say something like, you know what, I don't have a testimony like you. Listen, I know what it's like to be strung out for about two and a half years. So you know what I had to do whenever I got saved? I had to dig, an al- I had to dig a trench around my altar because I had to separate myself from some people. I had to separate myself from some things because I knew that it was going to draw me back to where I was at one time. And you see, that's what Elijah did. He said, you know what? I'm going to dig an altar. I'm going to dig a trench around my altar because I'm going to separate myself from the world so I can get along with God. And in verse number 38, it says, Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust, and it licked up all the water that was in the trench. If you would, let's stand across the building. You see, he didn't build a new altar. He rebuilt the altar that was already broken down, that was already there. He had to take away maybe, I I would dare to say that uh, sometimes I remember whenever we we built our last house, we cleaned out a fence row. Has anybody ever cleaned out a fence row? Listen, they're from the enemy. Just cut the fence down. But we would dig out this thing, and and, and to to get it the way that we looked, we, we would pull vines and, you know what, we got poison ivy. We got all kinds of things from that. But we got there was bars in there. There was thickets in there. But Nicholas, once we got to the finished product, it was cleaned out, and it looked good. Our property looked bigger. It, it looked a whole lot better, and it was very nice. And you see, sometimes in our spiritual life right now, that's what we got to do. To get to that altar that we once sacrificed at. To get back to that cross. Sometimes we have to cut back some weeds a little bit it's okay I've had to cut some thorns in, out of my altar before you see sometimes I, I've had a stone that fell away from my altar I, I, I looked all spiritual I, I looked all Pentecostal I looked all church of God I looked all religious but yet I had an alt, I, I, I had a stone that rolled out of place and I had to pick it up and now my altar was complete again you see sometimes I, I would have to clean out some things because I let some things get in the way of me and God. I would do some things. I would say some things. My altar would get broken down, but sometimes I would catch myself just worshiping at the wrong altar. But you know what? God would say, you know what? If you want the fire in your life, you've got to get back to my altar. You see, I truly believe that sometimes it's just about getting the weeds out out of our altar so the fire can be consumed. It's okay. Listen, we all have some vines that we need to get rid of. How does our altar get that way? You ever thought about that? 
Sometimes we come into church and we simply neglect our altars. We don't use our altars, but on Sundays and Wednesdays sometimes. You see, that's how it breaks down the altar sometimes. You see, for God's fire to fall again in our life, we first need to rebuild the altars. If you would, let's bow our heads. Dear God, we thank you and we praise you this morning. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the altar this morning, Lord. God, I ask you right now, Lord, that you would just challenge each and every one of us, Lord, that you would just come down, that you would check each and every one of our hearts this morning, Lord. God, cleanse us right now, Lord. If there's any vines, if there's any thorns, if there's anything right now that's in our life that we can't call down the fire of God from, from heaven, Lord. God, I pray right now, Lord, rebuild it right now. God, I pray right now that you would just cleanse me. Lord, if, we're, if you're here this morning and, and you're lost, you're backslidden, you don't know Jesus, listen, it's time that he can give you a good altar. He'll give you an altar. Maybe you're here this morning you say, you know what, I used to worship God the way, I, I don't worship the way that I used to. I, I, don't, I don't live my life the way that I used to. Listen, all you got to do is pull some weeds this morning. All you got to do is pick up some stones. All you got to do is rebuild the altars. Go back and do your first works over. You see, I truly believe that God is calling us back to the altar.